She was rebellious and intelligent. She walked towards the edge to end oppression and to give America a new front. She diligently introduced a brilliant strategy because she was a militant and she helped to break the lock that was crushing the continent. I gaze at her, joyful. Hello, old friends and new listeners of Tres Cuentos, the podcast dedicated to the literary narratives of Latin America. The previous poem was originally written in Spanish by the Ecuadorian writer Luz Argentina Chiriboga as a tribute to the memory of the Ecuadorian revolutionary Manuelita Sainz. Since the end of last year, we have welcomed the collaboration of Leo Quiron, whose profession is an avid reader. About a month ago, Leo Quiron sent me a photo of a letter apparently written by the famous Manuela Sainz to her husband, James Thorne. I told him we should present this on the show. However, as I was already in the preparations for the upcoming seasons of Afrodescendant literature and science fiction, I thought we could present the letter in a special program. Leo Quiron has written today's comments about the marvelous woman known in Latin America's history as the liberator of the liberator. I remind you, dear listener, that you can subscribe to our email list by visiting our website, trescuentos.com. Also, you can listen to Tres Cuentos on iTunes, iVox, Stitcher, Google Podcast. And if you find value in what we do in the program and you have about three minutes to spare, We appreciate you leaving us a good review on iTunes. We hope to reach 100 positive reviews on iTunes. Before I present the famous letter that she wrote to her husband sometime between 1823 and 1828, let's talk a bit about the life of Manuela Sainz. Manuela was a woman who, despite being born into an era of revolutions, independence, civil wars, and patriarchy, dared to challenge social conventions. Guided by her convictions, she contributed to the formation of new Latin American nations. Early this year, Leo Quiron found on social media a letter written by Manuela Sainz and sent me a picture of it. Immediately, we both were greatly surprised by the progressive ideas this courageous heroine had and decided to present it in the program. Manuela Sainz was born in 1797 and died 1856. Her life was influenced by the ideas of freedom. The letter addressed to her husband, James Thorne, demonstrates her intelligence, sincerity, bravery, and desire for self-determination. She was born into a Creole family. Her parents were Simon Sainz and Joaquina Aispuru. Manuela's Spanish father was Quito's town councilor. Her Ecuadorian mother died shortly after Manuela was born. After this tragedy, Don Simon delivered the infant Manuela to the custody of the monastery of Santa Catalina. She spent some difficult years there until her father decided to bring her back to his home. Soon the girl earned the affection of her stepmother, who welcomed her to stay in the house. Manuela received a Catholic education 
and thanks to her dedication to study in time, she attained a high cultural level. Manuelita, as she was affectionately called by her friends, recounts in her diary that her first encounter with Simón Bolívar was a duel of the minds focused on quoting the classic Greek and Latin authors. Similarly, the many letters she wrote to diplomats' presidents are a sign of her intellectual preparation. It should be noted that Manuela spent much of her childhood and adolescence in the Catahuanco estate, owned by her uncle Domingo Isburu, a clergyman of Jaruqui, an Ecuadorian village, and one of her main distractions was writing. She stood out for the charisma and intelligence that allowed her to handle herself in society. These skills were important for her later participation in the revolution led by Simón Bolívar. It is well known that Manuela was a committed political activist and combatant in many of the Liberator's campaigns. In his liberation campaigns, she was a committed political activist and fighter. But even before she met him, she participated in several campaigns. Ultimately, she reached the rank of colonel in the Colombian army and was recognized for her skills on the battlefield. She served until the final battle of Ayacucho in 1824, where she served alongside General Sucre. But let's step a few years back in Manuela's life. In 1826, Simon Sainz introduced his daughter Manuela to Mr. James Thorne during a trip to Panama. The Englishman was so taken by her singular beauty that without much thought, Thorne asked her father for Manuela's hand in marriage. According to the custom of the time, she agreed. The ceremony took place in Lima, Peru on June 27, 1817, when Manuela was 21 years old and James was 42. Living in Lima, Manuela refined her revolutionary ideas and began to participate in the movement for the liberation of the Spanish colonies. One of her first decisive actions was to persuade the Numancia Battalion, which was royalist, to change sides and join the liberation campaign. It is worth mentioning that the Numancia Battalion was led by Manuelita's stepbrother, Jose. More and more, Manuela attended meetings with Peruvian patriots, keeping alive the flame of revolution. In time, her bravery was recognized with the honorable distinction of the St. Martin's Order of Calvary of the Sun. Despite Manuela's great contributions to the emancipation of the Spanish territories that are now Panama, Colombia, Venezuela, Ecuador, and Peru, her current image seems to be more focused on her relationship with General Simón Bolívar. After consulting various letters and newspapers, two caught our attention. First was the biography by Carlos Álvarez Sá, Manuela Biography and Imaginary Interview. The text is a biography that covers the most important aspects of Manuela's life. It provides historical information, such as letters and documents, showing the strong contribution of Manuelita's action and ideas to the libertarian ideal. Álvarez's imaginary interview allows him to talk to Manuela and discover more of her character. This text is similar to Raúl Serrano's Manuela Sainz, Time Will Justify Me. 
published by the Ministry of Education of Ecuador. And of course, the references can be found in the transcript. Perhaps the most well-known aspect of Manuela's life are her letters to Simón Bolívar. In many ways, her military and political activism has been underplayed, giving more importance to her romantic affair with the Liberator. It is worth noting that Manuela was quite rebellious for her time. She chose to be the general's lover. The notoriety of this relationship has overshadowed much of her military and political work. On this occasion, we want to highlight Manuela's heroism and intelligence by dealing with what was perhaps her own fight for self-determination and emancipation from her husband. Well, it is time for our listeners to find out about the content of Manuelita's letter. A fragment of the letter translated in English can be found in the book Faces and Masks, Memory of Fire, Volume 2 by Eduardo Galeano, translated by Cedric Belfridge, published by Nation Books, New York, in 2010. Gather strength, friends, that if a woman was able to think and express herself with confidence 200 years ago, despite the times in which she lived, you can do it too. Eighteen twenty-eight, Bogota. Manuela signs a letter to her husband, James Thorne. No, no, not again, man. For God's sake, what do you make me write back to you and so break my resolution? Look, what good are you doing by giving me the pain of telling you a thousand times no, mister? You are excellent. You are one of a kind. I will never say anything different about you. But my friend, leaving you for General Bolivar is something. Leaving another husband without your qualities would be nothing. And so, you think that after being the General's favorite for seven years and with the certainty that I have his heart, I would rather be someone else's wife? The Lord's, the Son's, the Holy Spirit's or the Holy Trinity's wife? I know very well that nothing can unite me to him under the auspices of what you call honor. Do you think me less honorable for having him as my lover and not my husband? Oh, I do not live by the social concerns invented for mutual torture. Leave me alone, my dear Englishman. Let's do something else. In heaven, we will be married again. But on earth, no. Do you find this agreement wrong? If so, I would say that you are hard to please. In the celestial homeland, we will enjoy an angelical life, a spiritual one, because you as a man are very heavy. There in heaven, everything will be English style, because a life of monotony is reserved for your nation. In love, I mean, because in other ways, who is more clever in trade and navies than the English? They take love without pleasure, conversation without humor, and walks without vigor. They greet with bows and curtsies, get up and sit down with caution, joke without laughing. These are divine formalities. But I, a wretched mortal, who laugh at myself, at you, and at these English solemnities, how badly I would do in heaven. 
It would be as bad as if I would go live in England or Constantinople, because I feel that in these places men are tyrants towards their women, although you were the exception. Yet, you were very jealous. I do not want that. Now, do you dare to say that I do not have good taste? But no more joking, formally and without a laugh, in all sincerity, purity and seriousness of an English woman, I declare that I will never live with you again. You are Anglican, and I am an atheist. Consider that a strong religious contradiction for our union. Yet, the strongest impediment is that I love another man. Don't you see the formality of my thinking? Your constant friend, Manuelita. And with the candor of a woman who lived in the revolutionary times that gave shape to much of the northern South America map, and with the courage that few women dared to show two centuries ago, we end today's special program. Certainly, Manuelita Sainz deserves more than this humble and short tribute, but we will leave that for another episode. On the other hand, as I had announced before, we will return with the beginnings of science fiction in Latin America. So prepare yourselves because we will travel in the future with Miguel Unamuno, Santiago Dabove, and Amado Nervo. Until the next cuento or story. Adios, adios. Tres Cuentos is an exercise of creative writing, researching, and retelling. This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by Carolina Quiroga Stoltz. Proof listening and proof reading by my good friend Don Heimel. Remember to follow Tres Cuentos on Facebook and Instagram as Tres Cuentos Podcast, or you can visit our website, www tresquentos.com The music and sound effects were downloaded from the YouTube audio library. The list of credits per song and the sources of this story can be found in the transcript that is in our website. Thanks for listening. Adios, adios.